The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blihan Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KB TV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV, Channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilal Baum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you. Our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. At this time, I would like to invite all of you in our viewing audience to celebrate with us the 53rd anniversary of the Hawaii Island Branch Church, located at 2529 Kinoole Street in Hilo, Hawaii, hosted by Pastor Walter Aitiloi and his loving helpmeet, Arnel Tinoi. Services will begin promptly at 10 a.m. Come and enjoy sweet fellowship with one another and feast upon the purity of God, bring preach to this fullness. And now, let's begin the music portion of our program. Our journey with we take with the Lord begins with faith believing. 
As we walk the straight and narrow path without knowing what lies ahead, we are comforted to know His strength will carry us through. If we remain in the center of God's will, we can overcome any test and trial. The church choir under the leadership of Emilia Han has chosen to sing this inspiring song entitled Faith to Carry On, featuring a flute solo by Sally Spotcalf. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and myself on the organ.
The men and women of our church band under my direction offer of their time, talent, and service to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for what he has done, is doing, and will continue to do for them. Lend an ear as they play this befitting song entitled, Give Them All. Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, 18 verse states, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Our soloist Christy Hahn gives all her praises and glories to Jesus in this song entitled, Thank You, Lord. Accompanying her will be trusty associate pastor Evans Pro Sr. on the guitar, associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums, yours truly on the piano. I let you lead and thank you Lord for the patience those trials 
spring in that process of growing i can learn to care but take became the sacrificial lamb for the whole world so that we, through him, will be able to see the kingdom of God. All we need to do is accept Jesus as Lord and Savior by being blood washed, water washed, spirit filled, and living the life. Are you ready for this, viewers? Listen to the words our church choir will sing in this uplifting song entitled, Yes, He Did.
have turned our backs on the Lord time and time again, yet His love is steadfast. Did He not leave the 99 sheep to go after the one? In part, Luke 15, 7 reads, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. The gentle talents of our instrumentalist, Ponahele Kapuni, will play on her autohop this spiritual and peaceful song entitled, Amazing Grace.
Our main crusaders will delight us with this upbeat and thought-provoking song titled, When We All Get to Heaven. Are you ready to meet the Lord in the air? As stated in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Prepare yourselves now, viewers, for tomorrow is not promised to us. Accompanying our main crusaders on the piano will be Christy Han. This morning, with great delight, we dedicate this wonderful song to Zelda Kapuni of Molokai. May your day be blessed with God's grace. Press down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a wonderful Sunday, Zelda. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we
I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Hawaii, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is truly wonderful viewers to have you sharing my sermon for today entitled, A Birthright That Goes Unappreciated. Are you searching for the Spirit of the Lord so that He can lead and guide you in your daily endeavors? I guarantee that one way to discover Him is through the self-same gospel taught by Jesus Himself at Galilee and being offered by yours truly in this telecast, as in all our telecasts, the past ones, the present ones, and the future ones. With your Bible in hand, we can proceed together the righteousness of God has been communicated to the body of Christ through various methods, which each method bearing its own significance. For instance, 
Jesus painted a larger picture for the purpose of easier access to the mysteries of godliness and greater understanding when he spoke to the disciples through parables. In other cases, Jesus chose to be direct in his instructions and admonishments, leaving neither a stone unturned nor any alternative. When we search the scriptures, it gives us opportunity to employ the Holy Ghost. We ask the Lord to bless us with a discerning spirit that we might be rooted and grounded in love and able to come to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. Searching the scriptures is one method that allows us to draw comparisons between the subject matter and our personal lives. Because the word of God is spirit and life, its effectiveness is unable to transcend every generation of man. Knowing that his divine nature never changes, we should in turn respond in a manner that will restructure our lives by applying the very same principle Jesus used to access Israel. The obvious question is, will we apply what we have learned from the scriptures? Many falter in their spiritual life because they choose to make the word of God ineffective and throw away their salvation. Doing so is likened to Esau, who willingly chose to give up his birthright for something of little or of no value. When he realized his error, the sorrow was overwhelming, and he cried with a great and bitter cry. Let us read in Genesis 27, 37 to 38. And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Believers have a birthright to the kingdom of God and should cherish it. While we are waiting for the coming of the Lord, we must weather the onslaught of unbelief by standing firmly in the holy place. Esau was more involved with and cared more for the world than that of the blessings and privileges that come with being the firstborn. His opinion was to live life and do what was right in his own eyes. Spiritually blind, Esau could not place a value on what he inherited because it seemed to be far off and of the moment insignificant. For the time, the birthright served no purpose. Jacob, on the other hand, coveted the blessing and though it was far off, he believed that it would be very beneficial. Thusly, for the believer who throws away his salvation to satisfy his lust for the world, he has not truly accepted the rewards that are in store for the believer who will finish the race. When Esau was ready to be blessed, he had already lost his birthright to his brother Jacob. He could not retrieve what he had thrown away. And finally, seeing the value, he could do nothing about it so as to be comforted. Let us read in Hebrews 12, 15 to 17. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up untrouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest it be a fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how of that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. We are very fortunate that we are living in the last days. We have the ability to look back and study the history of the church and its people. We must remember that spiritual things can only be seen and appreciated through the eyes of faith. The character of Esau is made equivalent to that of a fornicator or profane person. 
A fornicator in this case is used to describe how a person arrogantly disregarded a vow that had been sanctioned between man and God. Profane is a term that implies the strongest opposite of holiness. Therefore, Esau was irreverent and defiled the holy things of God. On that accord, Esau, though being the firstborn of the family and in the line to receive the promise, did not receive the promise. Since he did not value the birthright that he was blessed with, he was he for a fleeting moment of gratification, literally threw away his birthright for a morsel of meat. This showed how destitute of faith he was, and by despising his birthright, shows that he had little regard for the righteousness in God. Are believers able to do the same? And how could the heart make such a drastic change for the worse? Let us read in Deuteronomy 29, 18 to 19. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. The believer who refuses to live a life above sin loses his relationship with Jesus. When a believer turns his back to Jesus, it is the beginning of the absence of righteousness. Esau's lack of love for the Lord more than likely fueled his unbelief. Likened to Esau who traded away his birthright for a single meal of the child of God, who is not rooted and grounded and lusts after the world, would in all probability be willing to give up eternity and blessings for convenient living and momentary thrills and pleasure. Paul attributed the cause of Esau's violent and presumptuous heart to the root of bitterness, a root that beareth gall and wound Simply put, Esau possessed a bitter spirit towards the Lord's work and everyone that lived righteously. His ungodly lifestyle was continually being plagued with conviction and he would not stand for it. His true feelings were made manifest to his father Isaac and mother Rebekah when God put a test on him. The scenario would highlight the degree he despised the covenant blessing when he chose to preserve and satisfy his own self-will for something minute in nature. The intervention of the Lord into Isaac's family was his family lineage was purposed. From the time the boys Esau and Jacob were in their mother's womb, there were red flags that indicated that God's plan would override traditional practices. Because the lineage to Jesus Christ was at stake, the Lord intervened for the purpose of perpetuating righteousness throughout the line of Abraham that ended with the birth of Jesus Christ. While in the womb, the Lord spake to Rebekah that the older would serve the younger. At that birth, Esau came up first, followed by Jacob, whose hand took hold of Esau's heel, indicating the strength and authority of Jacob. God's promises are authentic. Jesus came to this world as a result of a promise to open the eyes of the blind, to bring those dwelling in darkness into the light, and to deliver mankind from the power of Satan and bring them unto God. This could only be achieved through the gospel of the kingdom of God. Have you, television viewers, sincerely considered the uncertainty of the times we are living in and what your greatest concern should be as we approach the moral? The question you should ask yourself is, what must I do to be born again? On the streets of Jerusalem, there was a man that observed the ministry of Jesus from a distance. He later sought out Jesus in the darkness of night, and being a Pharisee, he was careful not to be seen by his peers. In his heart, he was convinced that Jesus was a man sent from God, because the miracles he performed left this man reverently awestricken. Let us read of this encounter in John 3, 1 through 7. 
Aries, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus came to Jesus because his spiritual convictions were aroused by the miracles, and he acknowledged these works as nothing short of being miraculous. However, Jesus saw the greater need. Let us continue reading in verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in John 3, 6 to 7, it reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, he must be born again. We must remember that spiritual truths are incomprehensible without the Spirit of God. We must remember only believers appreciate miracles because we worship a God of miracles. Was Nicodemus hostile in his response to Jesus' statement of having to be born again? I think not. However, indecision will be your greatest enemy. The Lord tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. What if I am a Jew? Do I still need to concede to the gospel? Wouldn't I have special privileges and be considered a special people in the eyes of the Lord? Let us read in Romans 3, 9. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Let us also read from Galatians 3.22. But the scripture had concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. It does not matter who we are, what kind of family we have, the status of life or our physical appearance. Everyone upon this earth who hears the gospel must decide whether or not they will keep God's commandments. Jesus is the only veritable and genuine author of the gospel. He authenticates it with water baptism, by immersion, and with the presence of the Holy Ghost. Regardless of the revised versions of the scriptures, water baptism remains the same as the day Jesus himself was baptized in the River Jordan. Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus that his righteousness fell short of the glory of God. Without the new birth, he would not see the kingdom of God. See, meaning that he would not enter in. Yes, television audience, Jesus was very firm about the matter of salvation, being that he perceived that Nicodemus was in astonishment. Thus the verse, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Perhaps you are experiencing a degree of outrage upon hearing the words of Jesus, because you thought you were already saved. On that accord, aren't you just like Nicodemus in the valley of decision? Peter, now filled with the Holy Ghost, boldly proclaimed the path that leads to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jerusalem was celebrating the Feast of the Harvest, or Pentecost, at the time. It was on the Pentecost that the 120 were filled with power from on high, while tiring the upper chamber. What the multitude heard in their native tongues were the wonderful works of God. Just imagine, the Lord used simple people to shake the foundations of Jerusalem, solidified in tradition. Yes, 
Baptism is necessary for salvation. Let us read in 1 Peter 3.21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also not save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. Through it, we acquire a newness of life for service in righteousness. The significance of this water baptism is that it is performed in the name of Jesus. Many pastors and televangelists preach about the name of Jesus and apply it in every other circumstance with the exception of water baptism. Though they claim to follow Jesus wherever he might lead them, they stop when they reach the banks of the River Jordan by dismissing the need for water baptism in the name of Jesus. The persecutors of Jesus and of John the Baptist took the same position. Let us turn to and read Luke 7.30. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. If, TV viewers, you have not been baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus, you have yet to have your sins removed. Let us turn to Acts 4.12 and read, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. People are not saved through accomplishments, but by first believing and acting upon their faith. What will your decision be? We read in Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The cause for rejoicing, television viewers, is that you will have kept God's commandment, and that your name is written in the land's book of life. Healing and casting out devils are acts of reinforcement to the gospel, bearing the greater need, salvation, the gospel was being preached and souls were being baptized. However, before Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was not yet given. The reason being Jesus was yet to be glorified. Let us read in John 7, 37 to 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake ye of the Spirit, which they believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The day of Pentecost will play a significant part in the plan of salvation. God's plan was about to unfold in a most extraordinary manner. The 120 that were numbered by the Peter consisted of the remaining apostles, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and numerous believers. These can be seen as steadfast, yet their faith was about to be taken to the next level. Jesus did speak to them of the Spirit, but they had yet to experience it. Have you asked yourself what inspired these 120 members to go through the upper chamber, not knowing what to expect? Let us read in Luke 24, 49 to 52. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. These were blessed because they were the harshest of the gospel, and were thusly blessed in the manner that is reserved for the faithful. Pentecost is beyond words because it is an experience that words cannot describe. The manner in which the Lord chose to reveal himself not only to the 120, but also to the multitudes in Jerusalem was phenomenal. 
Let's read in Acts 2, 1 through 6 and 11. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise broad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. The sound of a mighty witness is used to describe the arriving presence of God. When I think of the Lord's voice as being in the strength of many waters, I think of the thunder that the Niagara Falls emits. The disciples were blessed with a visual revelation as well. Cloven tongues like as a fire sat on each of them. A fiery flame, but not consuming, was like the burning bush that spoke to Moses. These fiery tongues immediately generated the speaking tongues by the disciples. The disciples knew that it was not of the world because of the power, the presence, the physical evidence, and the stand that was set when Jesus said into heaven, it is important to remember that the only Bible evidence of one being filled with the Holy Ghost is to speak in the unknown tongue. One should not be confused in the terminology. Luke used the term other tongues to describe the gift of interpretation, which is manifested after they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul described the initial infilling as speaking in an unknown tongue in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as the only approved evidence of having received the Holy Spirit. Time is running out for the world, and they lay that live in it. Jesus is coming again. Will you be ready? Let's read in 1 Corinthians 10, 5-12. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our example, to the extent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. The events that took place during Israel's journey to Canaan as with other events, circumstances, and personalities in the scriptures become a very good tool for us to use that the church might continue to move forward. The scriptures serve as, as examples of Jesus' desire to reclaim souls lost through disobedience. Jesus never changes. He is still delivering souls from the bondage of sin and will judge sin in the same manner as he did in Israel's day. Thusly, we are called not only to respond to remember their experiences, but also respond by pursuing a better and perfect spiritual life. This can be achieved by avoiding their mistakes and worshiping Jesus as he should be. Jesus tells us to remember Lot's wife, whose desire for the world was not completely severed and eventually became the cause of her death. For the Christian, sins such as idolatry, drunken revelry, fornication, murmuring, complaining were the obvious reasons that brought severe judgment upon Israel. But Israel was also punished because its attitude toward God deteriorated immensely. Israel not only fell into unbelief, but by so doing, it severely disparaged God's nature and existence. What God told them to abhor, they loved. What was abominable in the Lord's eyes, they embraced with a passion. What was set apart for the Lord's use, they abused. What God told them of his righteousness, they refuted and despised. They did not appreciate their birthright. Therefore, to avoid certain destruction, our attitude towards God should always be one of gratitude 
and reverence. If we hold fast to these truths that praise and obedience bring blessing and that judgment is the fruit of murmuring, the body of Christ will be much better off. When Israel tempted God, it was contentious and rebellious. Israel gave reason for its wronging and its blaspheme against the Lord who delivered them out of Egypt. God's response was to send fiery serpents and in another case sent the plague. Because there was no food, Israel murmured and God sent the people manna. Not satisfied with that, they murmured against the manna and God sent them quails to eat. In their uncontrollable frustration, they allowed their thirst for water to once again speak against God and his servant. To quench their thirst, God allowed water to flow from the rock at the command of Moses. However, they were unable to be satisfied regardless of how great a work the Lord did for them. In the end, instead of fixing their eyes on the land that was across the river, they rebelled. Their one-year journey turned to 40 years of trial, wandering in the desert. They were at the brink of victory, just as the church is at the end of times. Believers should not be discouraged or willingly give up their salvation. The promise of God are nigh at hand. Just stand in the holy place. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and view these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. To close another sweep hour of fellowship, we have our church band playing this wonderful tune entitled, Bring Them In.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.